Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. Believe it or not, we're starting season two this week. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how you doing? Hey, Alan, I am beyond excellence, buddy. I'm ready to go. How about you? I, I'm ready to go tonight. Uh, I'm excited that we're going to kick off and talk about season two. Tonight's episode is the Pawnee Zoo, which was written by Norm Hiscock and directed by Paul Feig. Okay. All right. So should we talk about the cold open or you know what? I think we both like this cold open so much. Do you want to play it? Alan, I think that's a great idea. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Let's do it. Here we go. Okay. Here's the situation. Your parents went away on a week's vacation. <laughs> they left the keys to the brand new Porsche. <laughs> they mine. Hmm. Well, of course, of course not. not. I'll just take you for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. I'll just cruise around the neighborhood. Tom's well, beatboxing. Yeah, I shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, of course I should. Pay attention here at the thick of the plot. Pulled up She's to walking the around the office. Ron's like, what the hell is going on? I my car phone to perpetrate like I was talking. Picks up Jerry's phone. <laughs> the sunroof was open. Music was high, and that girl's hand was steadily moving up my thigh. She's she making coffee. I never saw that. Shirt so far. I guess that's why I didn't notice that police car. I can't believe it. I made a mistake. The parents are the same, no matter time nor place. Ron's still staying at the same boy, place. Kids all across the land. No <laughs> need to argue. Parents just don't understand. All right. <laughs> Ron's not impressed. No. Just a little something I know. So what's up? Uh, someone is on fire in Ramsett Park. I need you to get down there right away. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrific. I love the look on April's face. She has clearly never heard this song in her life. Yeah, she's clearly horrified. Like, wh what are these old people doing? What is happening here? Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, I know you've, uh, as always, you've written a great synopsis for us. And would you like to walk us through it? I would love to, good sir. All right. Well, this episode, uh, correct me if you disagree, I, I kind of feel like I had an A story and a B story, although they kind of merged a little bit throughout the episode. Yeah, um, I agree. The first episode or the first <laughs> story, good Lord, start out uh, one of many zoo promotions over the summer. Leslie holds a marriage for two recently acquired penguins. After the ceremony, the penguins start doing the hoobity doobity in front of the audience, and it becomes clear that both penguins are actually male, which Leslie was not aware of. Leslie still thought it was a cute zoo promotion, and she's still pleased. Pawnee Gay Bar, the bulge, sends <laughs> Leslie a wedding cake with two penguins on it as thanks for supporting gay marriage. April, Derek, and Ben, a thruple that Leslie doesn't understand, <laughs> uh, fawn over her and invite her as a guest of honor to a party the next night at the bulge. Marsha Langman from Society for Family Stability Foundation, that's the SFSF, demands Leslie annul the penguin wedding and resign from the parks department. Leslie attends the party at the Bulge with Tom, intending to say that it was simply a publicity stunt, it wasn't a political statement, but she gets swept away by the adulation, applause, and free drinks. The next day, she's invited to the talk show Pawnee Today to discuss her stance on same-sex marriage with Marsha Langman and television host Joan Calamezzo. Leslie and Marsha argue fiercely with Leslie insisting she has not taken the political position, even after being guest of honor at the Bulge. Several people call in, all stating Leslie should really resign. Finally, a fed-up Leslie insists she will not resign, nor will she annul the penguin wedding. She ends up driving the penguins from the Pawnee Zoo to a zoo in Iowa, where same-sex marriage is legal. Wow. And then we have a... <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? That's an excellent <laughs> then job. Then we, we have a B story... 
uh, that I, I get. I, this is kind of like a, a Mark and Leslie Andy love quadrangle. I did some sort of, I don't, I don't know geometry. So well, anyway. clearly first you, I have to say this, point this out. You, you invented a word tonight, thruple. That's new to me. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a thing in your household. I'm not familiar with it. Don't judge. <laughs> Look, our viewers will call in and tell you Mark, they're, they're not viewers. I, I know that they'll, they'll call in and tell you that they saw you making a face when I said yeah. that. Well, just so everyone knows, we do record the video of these and, and one day, you know, we're, we're probably going to, you know, I'm sure you guys are going to want to pay us to, to watch those videos or they'll just go straight to the Smithsonian, one of the two. But yeah, I, I frequently make faces when you say things. Yeah, I thruple. There you did it again. Okay. Anyway, uh, sorry. The, the B story is this quadrangle geometry thing, which I don't understand. But after Mark fell in the pit as at the end of season one finale, he went to Anne's hospital for a week where mm. Anne began the process of, of nursing him back to health. Anne claims Mark has actually become a really nice guy since he fell in the pit. And she also reveals that she broke up with Andy, which I think we kind of suspected was, was going to happen. Um, while Mark did kiss Leslie before falling in the pit, they both have made it very, very clear that there is no romance there at all. Mark tries to ask Anne out, but she says no. She tells Leslie what happened and that she considers him off limits out of respect for her friendship. Yep. Andy shows up in a suit at Anne's house. A $3,000 suit. A $3,000 suit telling her that he has <clears throat> matured, Yeah. got an office job, and wants to get back together. Anne says no, that she's confident in her decision. The camera follows Andy afterwards, revealing that he is, in fact, living in the pit which as you remember, Alan, is my summer home. So I'm going to have to kick his ass out. Um, later, after the talk show, Leslie visits Anne and insists that Anne go on a date with Mark. I think that's kind of where that yep. storyline ended. Yeah, pretty much. And then we get, then we got the uh, the kicker there at the end. So no, that's good. I, I like the way you broke that down, kind of the A story, the B story. Uh, I mean, this is not the first time they've done that. They've done it several times and, and they're really good. And so is the office. But I actually think Parks and Rec is almost, well, they're probably both very good at it. Uh, in particular, Parks and Rec has been good in the last couple episodes, interweaving those two storylines. And it just makes it that much more entertaining. Um, last episode, I really liked how they kind of bounced back and forth and then everyone ended up in the same place. Um, and that I, happens I, here a little bit as well. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that they tend to be better at some episodes in doing that, in my opinion, than others. Yeah. So, for example, uh, season finale uh, of season one, the last episode, yeah. completely agree with you. I mean, if you're going to count them, there's probably like, I think, three storylines going on there. Yeah. But they interwove them so well that really you had to kind of tell it as one semi-cohesive story. And I kind of like that. Yeah. This, I kind of felt like you could separate a little bit more, which is, which is yeah. fine, but yeah. yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Mark, I know that what we typically do next is we do our AKAs, as we've said before, um, we're, we're just not happy with the title that NBC gives these episodes. Um, you know, Pawnee Zoo. I mean, sure, that's what it is. That's what it's about. That's where all the action happens. Um, but, you know, uh, it's not very descriptive. So we tend to write our own uh, title episodes. And uh, Mark, let's have you go first this week. You know what? Even better. I'm going to go first this week. And, I, and I'll <laughs> tell you, I'll tell you the thing that I came up with that I said. Um, you heard. My, <laughs> thank you, Bird. 
my AKA this week, um, you know, I was actually looking out for a good uh, phrase or a good, uh, a funny moment that I was going to use for my AKA. And I was waiting for it, waiting for it. And it finally struck me um, near the end of the episode. Um, there's a moment when Leslie is kind of leaning against the railing. She's watching the penguins. This is after she's been on the talk show. So she's headed out with that, uh, with uh, Marsha and she's, uh, and you know, she's commenting on how they make her life. And it's, it's almost like a really, you know, nice, uh, nice wistful moment there. And you see on the wall behind her that someone has spray painted <laughs> angrily. Yes. It's flipper and Eve, not <laughs> Not Flipper and Steve. Right. That's that that there is my AKA and I wear it proudly. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So I, I like your AKA. Mine's better. Um well, that's well, okay. really why I let you go first. Um, I knew it. Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, one of my favorite things about this episode is this the would you call it the the thruple? Uh, right. <laughs> it's introduced, which, uh, which I think we'll explain in the breakdown, maybe a little better, but, but basically it's, 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 uh, you know, it's April and her boyfriend, Derek and his boyfriend, Ben. Right. Right. And yeah. And, and they try to explain this to Leslie. Leslie does not get it. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, we may play that clip for you, but yeah. one of the things she says at the end of the clip is the thing about youth culture is that I really don't understand it. <laughs> Hey, that's a great way to sum it up. I think I'm old enough now that I can relate. So that is my AKA. The thing nice. about youth culture is that I really don't understand it. It's 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 funny and true. And true. Ask my Both teenage daughter. Time. She will tell well you. Well done, man. Thank you. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, you know, I think one of the things we tried to do in season one and, and try to do whenever we remembered to do it, which was probably about 50% of the time, yeah. was to talk about um, any kind of development of, of firsts or tropes or, you know, the, the kind of things oh, yeah. that the build up over the course of a series that you just kind of really relate to and kind of uh, you, you just have a smile on your face when you see them kind of add to the catalog of those things. So um, what did you notice here? Well, uh, I did notice one thing for sure. Um, you know, we'd mentioned that Leslie went on the talk show. Well, this becomes a recurring thing in the show. Uh, uh, actually, I, in my opinion, a number of things that kind of, you know, glom all together into a funny uh, blob. I don't know how to end the sentence. Um, but you have Pawnee today as the talk show. That's one. You have the uh, the television host, Joan Calamezzo, played by the great Mo Collins. Yep. Uh, that That's two but kind of the same thing because you, you know they're kind of related together sure and then three ish i guess if you want to say is um tom has clearly spent an inordinate amount of time <laughs> buttering up joan ingratiating himself to her where she just is all all a flutter and all a twitter when he comes around just because she's so excited because she knows she's going to get complimented from here to the moon and he plays it up like he does always I, like so I don't know. What, did you find any others? How about you? Uh, the, the first the outside of that that jumped out to me, because I had a couple of those on my list as well. And, and I won't say it's a first, but it's I think it's the first the first time it came 
to fruition the way I think it could have and should have. And, and that's Donna. You know, Donna was almost non-present in season one. And I know that, you know, she was hired as a guest star for that, um, as was Jerry's, you know, as his character, those two actors. And, and you know, they're just both so funny and they become yeah. such an important part of the show later on that it was hard to watch a lot of season one in general, as we've talked about in our scores relate. Uh, right. reflect that but you know what i really missed was how funny those guys are and how non-present they were so this is really the first time that um we get a little bit of donna funny and uh it's great because leslie has this terrific interaction with her and goes that is hands down the best interaction i've ever had with donna so that's totally appropriate <laughs> for this episode you know i i caught that too and i i thought about a comment that you had made in a past podcast where you had said uh I think it was episode four and you actually called it out that she like she said like eight minutes and something something into the episode ladies and gentlemen yeah. this is the first time where retta as donna has said any words in this in this series and that's yeah. a crime they yep. better make it right and so hopefully this is a sign of uh of things to come um there was a i'm, I'm doing this a little bit out of order but just because it reminded me of it i always think of uh, Jerry and Donna uh, kind of in the same breath because mm. you're right they are very very funny they were never I, I think intended to be uh, major playing characters but they are very good in what they eventually ended up doing the roles that they ended up playing and like Donna I think Jerry is is very very funny in his own right and in the deleted scene they had something where he was kind of uh, ribbing Leslie about making the mistake for the gay penguin marriage, you know, and he, it, I remember in this particular when um, she walks in the room and he's like, Hey, Leslie, I, I just wanted to let you know, in case it comes up in the, in the future, I'm a boy and Donna here is a girl. <laughs> and they kind of chuckle at her expense and, and um, well, and then I have to say this, cause this is even funnier. I think she's like, you know, guys, come on. It's, it's not like you're, you know, human beings animals sometimes hard to tell and tom's like yeah how about these animals and he pulls out this picture <laughs> of a very very male zebra it's like yes. why is that stripe hanging down like what's what's the deal with that and she, she's like come on tom put it away you know penguins but that's not the same with penguins because penguins are all feathers you know all down, feathers there. down there and then he pulls out the second picture of <laughs> a very a very creepily male penguin that i think has a human penis attached to it somehow that's, like, that's one of two Photoshop things that happened in this this episode. That was clearly photoshopped, and, and as was the uh, the Leslie Nope uh, Obama era poster that uh, oh yeah that, that the folks at the Bulge make for her in in her honor. So, you know, I see we're springboarding off of each other. I love this. You know what I love when that happened. This is actually one of the moments that I took away from this. I don't know why is they're in the hallway saying how excited they are about what she's done with this gay marriage and they're all you know all flutter you know and they you know said oh we, we want you to be guest of honor at the bulge and they show her these uh you know obama era posters of her face and yeah she looks at them and she says how did you do that and they said photoshop and she said what and they said computers yeah. and she says oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. just thought that she was a really no fun exchange yeah oh, that's great you know, the, I think the last first, and then we'll move on, was okay. Marsha Langman. This is the first time we meet that character, you know, from the Society for Family Stability Foundation, you know. Is the, that right? Uh, yeah, the SFSF. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the first time we meet her, and we're going to see her again later. 
um, I, I love they'll eventually introduce her husband and that that combination of those two oh is my just gosh. freaking hysterical you're and, right uh, yeah she, I, you, she's good you, on her own but it gets funnier later you have a much better memory than I do I I I did not realize you're exactly right I did oh, not yeah. realize that was the same character and she ends up coming on with a very her her husband's really sparkly he he is he's fabulous he is very fabulous yeah yeah but very so, funny. You're right. They're good as a as a couple. They real they really are good as a couple. So as opposed it was, to a it was good to meet her in the <laughs> exactly whatever that is. <laughs> Why don't you understand? Uh, no, it all makes sense. It's yeah. just the youth culture. It's just that. Other than that, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think the last thing we wanted to talk about before we take our first break was probably the deleted scenes. I think uh, that oh, what's yeah. interesting here is if you've if you've got the DVD and you there was no audio commentary for this particular episode, so that was a little disappointing. But they made up for it in terms of the of the deleted scenes. I think I counted oh gosh. fourteen that lasted twelve and a half minutes, roughly. Yeah, that that sounds about right. There is fourteen or fifteen. I mean, there was yeah, there is enough. Yeah. I was actually stunned that they didn't do what they did do with the season one finale and they made a product a producer's cut that would have been that's great right. for this yep that's true and, and i remember hearing you know a little bit about the uh the methodology that they have for those they tend to do the producer's cut prime time um you know uh sweeps and those kind of things and you think about the traditional airing schedule for a network broadcast you know there are those times of the year they really try to get the extra advertising dollars because they, they they know that viewership is going to be higher because people are at home or whatever you know uh, and of course this is all you know pre-pandemic when we were we you know now we're at home all the time so i don't know what that's going to do but <laughs> but back then you know, we had lives too outside the TV. And so those during sweeps, they would have those bonus episodes. And right. then typically they would have a rerun season as well in a traditional, you know, summertime through fall, you know, before the new season drops or whatever. Um, and uh, when they'd re-air them, they always aired the, 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 the trimmer version of that show. They would rarely re, and they saved that then for the DVD. So I think they missed an opportunity here. Clearly they had a lot of footage and some of the scenes were pretty funny. That's a really good point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they really missed, uh, missed the boat there. Um, and gosh, so which, and I'll tell you what, of the 14 or 15, yeah. I will admit to you, for me, there's probably... I don't know maybe a third of them that didn't really hit home and so yeah. i thought eh, I think that's all, true. all right i i can see why they didn't include them but i gotta tell you i think for me the majority of them were really quite funny yeah there were several very funny ones my favorite if you don't mind i'll go first i yep. know you're gonna touch sure. yours too probably um my favorite one was you know we, we learn and we'll talk about this when we break down the episode that you know um you know andy left at the end of season one supposedly go to kansas to climb mountains <laughs> So he obviously went to the wrong place to do that, uh, but he's back now and, you know, he's got this job, he's wearing this expensive suit, he tells Ann, and then, uh, you know, a boring old corporate job, but he's around and, you know, she's got to sell and hit him up and uh, he's you know, matured, he's, Alan, he's matured. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, he's living in the pit, which we'll talk about more. But one of the, the sides he does while he's in the pit, he has a talking head where he says he, he's very hungry. And he talks, he was surprised about all the things you can eat raw and, you know, like carrots and chicken. Um, although he's pretty sure the carrots have gone bad because as he eats them, he keeps throwing up chicken. <laughs> yeah. 
so I, I don't know if if Andy is the sharpest <laughs> crayon in the crayon box some days. No, he's not the sharpest crayon in the egg carton or anything. No, <laughs> or anything. No. Did but you have a favorite rare. deleted scene? I think that I really like the short little scene that they had where once again, once again, Tom is kind of reprising his role of, you know, oh, Leslie, are you are you kind of nervous about having to X, Y, Z here? Yeah. Let me help you prepare for yeah. it. And he her, her advisor, right? He's going to prepare her. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's what he is heard by. And so he calls over April and he says, April, get over here. I'm going to be Marcia oh. Langman and Leslie, you be you because whatever. And then right. April, you get over here. You're going to play Joan Calameza, which she oh, yeah. takes to immediately. Oh, and gosh. she does a frighteningly good job. And this the back and forth between them is hilarious. Oh, if she was off screen, you would think it was Mo Collins. I mean, it's it's pretty oh, dead yeah. on. Yeah. Oh yeah, just I mean over the top and ridiculous, but I mean she just like, oh, it, it was it was just great, and it wasn't even that long, but it was so funny, which made it even more surprising that they didn't include it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's not funny, I get it. If it's too long and it's like okay, this is kind of going on and on, I get it. This is perfect. Just let put that in there. It's a one-two punch. You know? Yep. There you go. How about you? What else? I, I think the last one I'll mention before we go to break was. You know, Leslie and Donna have had this great exchange. Um, you know, uh, Leslie's dressed up. She's going to be honored at the Bulge that night, you know, and she's explaining this to Donna. And Donna says, well, you look good, girl. You're going to turn somebody tonight. And Leslie thinks that's hysterical. Uh, and then they cut away in the deleted scene to Donna's talking head where she she says she turned her first husband. He was a priest before. He was that. a priest. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's see, that's the beginning of us giving Donna's character a little bit of flavor. I like that's that. right. That's right. Um, so the last de deleted scene that I want to mention is uh, one where you know Mark is at Anne's hospital for physical therapy, and Anne comes up to him and, and gives him a, a Tupperware container of brownies and oh, says, that's "Hey, right. would you mind taking these to work for Leslie?" Now, don't eat them because they're not for you; they're for Leslie. And she All tells right. him this kind of seriously. Oh yeah, she's and, serious. And he, and he kind of looks deadpan at her and just starts to open him up just right there, right in front of her. She's like, no, 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 yeah. don't do that. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and, and you think he's going to stop. Yeah. And he's not like doing it like with a sneer on his face and he's not even doing it. It seems like maliciously. And then she's like, dude, what are you doing? He finally just says almost like innocently, look, I'm just going to end up eating them in the car anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that struck me as so funny. Uh, See there, that is a moment where the way that he did that deadpan cracked yeah. me up i yeah, really absolutely. like that well so. he he like i said he's 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 a good actor and he, he can play the straight guy so to speak in in a comedy bit um very well and i think you know every once in a while they give him a, a couple comedy gems you know that right agreed yep absolutely all right well i think that takes us to our first break so let's hear a word from our sponsor this week and then we'll be right back all right here we go if you are like me, then you believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. However, after these big three, breakfast food is a close fourth. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. As a true fan of breakfast food, I can tell you there is no better system, apparatus, or construct for serving breakfast food than a buffet, especially if that buffet includes bacon and eggs. As fortune would have it, there is a fantastic breakfast buffet located right behind my house at a place named The Bulge. 
I have visited this establishment a handful of times, and although I do not know anyone personally, I am always greeted enthusiastically, sometimes by a gentleman in western wear. Since I go directly to the buffet, I have not paid close attention to other details, but from what I can tell, there is lots of music and dancing at all hours of the day and night. There are usually several physically fit men smiling and laughing, undoubtedly happy about this excellent breakfast buffet. In conclusion, if you are hungry for some protein, then by all means check out The Bulge. It may be just what you are looking for. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks again for our sponsor. You know, I, I'm so impressed that we continue somehow to get Ron Swanson. You, you think he would be so busy that he just wouldn't have time to do these, these bits for us. I know we are disproportionately lucky to get someone of his caliber week in and week out. I don't know how we do it. I don't know either. We really are. All right. All right, Mark, you ready to break down this episode? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So I think uh, we open up right after the cold open. We're at the zoo, as you said, at the top of the show. Um, we, we were there and, and Leslie starts talking about all the stuff, all the special things they've been doing with the zoo this summer. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, with, between the uh, end of season one and the beginning of season two, we've kind of gone through the summer a little bit, you know, just like the audience. And Leslie is talking about all the zoo promotions that she's done over the summer. And she's, she gives a few examples, such as um, parrots are sometimes very long lived. And so they have a birthday party for a parrot. 60 year old uh, parrot. A 60 year old parrot. That's right. um, chimpanzees are pretty smart. <laughs> and so Leslie figures, you know what, let's give this particular chimpanzee a college grad graduation and we'll give them one of those little that graduation hats there and uh, so they can kind of fling it in the air and maybe not feces but it, it was feces it, that, that, that's what the chimps actually <laughs> flying um and then so the latest in this series of clearly gold ideas that she has involves the Pawnee Zoo purchasing two South African black-footed penguins Tux and Flipper yep and because penguins are known to mate for life Leslie gave them a marriage ceremony thinking that Tex was male and Flipper was female. However, immediately after the ceremony, the penguins get uh, frisky, uh, complete, complete. I love this complete with blackout for naughty bits. Oh my God. They are so freaking on it. And the crowd notes that, you know, during the, the they are two male penguins. Leslie is. Well, actually not... it was the zookeeper. If you remember, right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, <laughs> He, the, the little girl goes, or no, it's a little boy. He says, are, are they making babies? And he said, oh, no, th those two can't make babies. Those are both male penguins. Oh, yeah. He's like, what? No, you're exactly right. That was a zookeeper. Yeah, I think um, Leroy could have been a little more helpful to Leslie earlier had he mm -hmm. already mentioned this fact. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it, it, and two things occur to me here. Number one is Leslie is kind of non-plus she's like oh it's weird i mean she doesn't really think anything yeah. of it and but she thinks it's still cute it's a cute zoo promotion sure and is. that's what she set out to do and damn it it's cute yeah um the second thing is uh i know we already talked about deleted scenes but there is one where tom was kind of going into a little bit more detail about like the bachelor party that he allegedly gave flipper oh, the penguins yeah and like you yeah. know he did some nose candy or whatever i don't know what tom <laughs> does with penguins but anyway oh, so it, it occurred to me 
when Leslie marries these two, he, she says, this is getting so nitpicky, but she says, will you Tux take Flipper to be your lawfully wedded wife? Implying that Tux is the male and Flipper is the female. That's right. When when Tom gives his little diatribe about going, yeah, I went out to the bachelor party. That was with Flipper. Flipper. Nice catch. Yeah. And, and that could have been a reason just for continuity jerks like me to say like, oh, no, you knew Flipper was a guy because Flavin, because, you know, Tom that's right. and did stuff. And so, you're saying anyway. that's why it's a deleted scene. Maybe. I mean, it was, maybe. Good. It was, it was a little long, but yes, yeah. maybe. All right. Okay. I like it. All right. So I think as we leave the zoo, we're back at the courtyard. Leslie encounters Mark and teases him. And Mark teases her about marrying two same-sex penguins. <laughs> yes, I, I got to say, like just before that, this is this is one of of my favorite scenes, just because of the sheer cringy awkwardness. And typically, yeah. I don't, I'm not one that goes in much for that. Here, it worked, and I think it's because we know Mark kind of deserves it a little bit. Yep. So he's eating the sandwich. Leslie walks by, punches him on the shoulder, and that you know. So the camera, as it's a mockumentary, so the camera is following all this. That's right. And Leslie all of a sudden stops and very seriously says, just to be clear, that was a friend punch. There were no flirtatious meetings behind that playful punch. I just gave your arm. Mark, very, very embarrassed and glancing at the camera responds like very stiffly. Yes, you have made it abundantly clear that there is no romantic element to our relationship. (laughs) It was just very, very It's like he's reading a legal disclaimer. And I I loved it. It just, you could tell he's glancing at the camera like, oh crap. Um, So, and he actually talks about uh, they cut to the to the hallway uh, just you know just after that, and he's talking about how like you know I really oh. hit rock bottom that night, and part yeah, of it's because I literally fell the bottom of the pit and hit a rock. And <laughs> and he said I actually love this moment because he said uh, oh, yeah. he he remembers thinking there's probably a good reason why I'm down here and single, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I started thinking I need morphine. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, then yes so then sorry i just had to mention that because i thought that was i so love funny. it but, it's been but, my experience mark that if you find yourself in a moment like that and you start thinking you need morphine you probably do oh yeah yeah yep. yeah um well you know i've always heard that you should say no to drugs but in my opinion <laughs> if you're talking to your drugs anyway you probably yeah. already said yes it, it's too late yeah yeah anyway yeah so yeah like you said mark is kind of ribbing leslie a little bit about the two male penguins that she's that you know she married that she's making history a way to stick her neck out she's That's a right. way to be out of the mainstream and leslie clearly not happened responds, not doing that. Yeah. no my neck was not stuck out. It was an accident. I'm in the mainstream, you know, and Mark's like, yeah, social activism. She's like, no, no, no. And I, I think they cut to her talking to the camera saying like, look, people in Pawnee, they don't like their government employees being activists. They've got a garbage man suspended last year for wearing a Livestrong bracelet. I love it. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh so i think after that scene we're back in the bullpen and leslie is she's received a thank you cake i didn't know that was a thing but apparently that's a thing people do they send you thank you cake um from the bulge which we learn is the the local gay bar in Pawnee. well you know i i looked at that scene a little bit more closely you know what i think that is i think it's a wedding cake oh that's genius i did not realize that well i thought that at first too and then i saw like two little penguins on it like the bride and groom I thought, okay. oh crap, that's what that is. Um, nice. So yeah, Jerry presents Leslie with cake and, and then 
t-shirts uh, later <laughs> um, that looked remarkably like Tom's shirt, but just without a collar. That's right. Um, from from local gay bar, The Bulge, yeah. whose name was confirmed by Ron. Yeah. And they all kind of glance up at him. And he's like, yeah. it's located behind my house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, and, and you know, had the cake has a note thanking Leslie for the support of, of the cause of gay marriage. And they clearly think that her action was a political gesture. Um, and then the 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 magical thruple of April, Derek, and Ben. You know that's when they approach Leslie, um, and they in the hallway, know, we, right? Yeah, and they're just thrilled to to meet her, and they just you know express admiration, and they uh, want to invite her as the guest of honor to a party the next night at the Bulge, and they have printouts of her face, and uh, it's 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 great. I Do love we, it. That scene in the hallway is actually the scene where we first uh, confused Leslie and is what led to my AKA. Oh, you yeah. want to play it? Let's play yes. it really quick. Yes, please. Leslie. Hey. Hey. This is my boyfriend, Derek. This is Derek's boyfriend, Ben. Hey. Oh, wait, sorry. What's the situation? What do you mean? How, how does this work? Derek is gay, but he's straight for me, but he's gay for Ben and Ben's really gay for Derek. And I hate Ben. It's not that complicated now. Oh, yeah, sure. The thing about youth culture is I don't understand it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Ellen, no, I, you, you know, my favorite part of that is- I had I the just, diagram that, just to understand it, by the way. I just realized it right now. What cracks me up every single time, and I just realized it, is April is explaining it to Leslie. And she's yeah. walking through what each of them are to each other. Right. And then she needlessly adds at the end, and I hate Ben. And I hate Ben, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which if you watch her interactions with ben it, it looks to be true she doesn't really like him that much yeah again i can you never know. tell if she's jealous of him because of Derek. i i don't know again youth culture i do not understand it well kudos to aubrey plaza that you know like oh you said God. she can do more with with an eye roll than people can do with several lines of dialogue so yep. she's she's fantastic at that no it's terrific so I think after that scene, we we're, we're out of the hallway now, and we are back in the office. It's the next day, and that Leslie, um, you know, having having had that interaction with with April and Derek and Ben in the hallway, where they've said they we want you to be the, the guest of honor the next night at the Bulge. You know, she's a little reluctant at first, but she comes in the office. She's she's all dressed up, and she has her her scene with Donna at this point. That's right. Yeah. Donna says, you know, hey, girl, why are you all dolled up? And Leslie's kind of beaming. And, you know, she's like yeah. a little false modesty. He's like, I don't know. I'm going to be the guest of honor or something. I don't know. They really love me. And then Donna's like, you know, well, you look good, girl. You're going to turn somebody tonight. And Leslie just cackles at oh this. Oh, my and God. It, she thinks And, then, and then isn't that where Leslie then turns to the camera and says, yeah. That was that was hands down the hands best down. interaction I've ever had with Donna, which yeah. Shame on you, Parks and Rec. You should have had Donna in there more before now, yep. but okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's, you get a talent like Retta and it's it's hard to believe they didn't use that sooner. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's just such a shame. But but clearly from here on, we, we start to really get to enjoy that character. And then I I think from there, it, it quickly cuts to Leslie. She's at her desk or she's in her office and Ron knocks. Yeah. And he, he enters with a woman that he says is Marsha Langman from the Society for Family Stability Foundation. And then Ron wisely beats a hasty retreat saying, I have nothing to do. What is going on here? Goodbye. And he's out. He's gone. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. 
he he knows what's about to happen. Ron Ron is uh, you know, he's he's wise, he's wise, he's he's knowledgeable, and uh, he knows he doesn't want to be in the room for this. And, and we already kind of covered this in the synopsis, but you know, smiling Marsha very politely but firmly oh, tells yeah. Leslie, "Look, the penguin stunt that was her symbolically taking a stand for the gay marriage agenda." And you know, Alan, when gays marry, it ruins marriage yeah. for the rest of us. So yeah, um, yeah. either you annul the wedding, or I'll publicly ask for your resignation. Now, which way out of here? Yeah, yeah. Where's the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, over there. So it's she's to the left. She's kind of shook up by this. Yeah. Oh, Leslie, she, you can see it in her face. She's uh, probably the biggest confrontation of her career so far, I'm going to guess. No one's yeah. probably ever threatened to have her, uh, her, her removed from her role. Right, right. I mean, if the disciplinary committee was big, you know, this is, this is a step uh, up from that. That's a good point. All right. Yep. So I think then in the next scene, we're, we're out in the courtyard. Anne shows up and she wants to have lunch with Leslie. But at the moment, Leslie's a little too busy. So she has a momentary interaction with Mark and kind of kind of gives him a little bit of a, you know, of, of a jive there and says, you know, that, uh, you know, she's here to meet Leslie, but Leslie has a job <laughs> implying that Mark isn't doing his. Right, right. Well, he's a city planner, you know, he's part of the boys club. I mean, that's what they do out there. That's a good point. That's a good um, point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, she and, and she they have a little. Um, and this uh, is where tried, we have that flashback to the, to the it, hospital scene. Yeah. See, I was going to say, I'm trying to be hip like you, Alan. I'm trying to use the proper terms that they have that their flash cut. <laughs> see, I'm getting there. Um, but they have a flash cut to um, Anne nursing Mark, helping out Mark in the hospital. And Anne is saying to the camera, you know, Mark was brought to my hospital the night of the accident. He was here for a week. I think when his head uh, hit the ground. Two weeks. Been, or was it two weeks? It oh, was yeah, two you're weeks. right. Yeah, you're right. And I think when his head hit the ground, it must have knocked something, something loose, loose because he's actually yeah. a pretty nice guy now. And and Andy, after we broke up, said he was going to Kansas to climb mountains. So I don't really know where he is. <laughs> Maybe Andy knows something we don't. But yeah, um, that's true. Well, then I think at the wrap of that scene, you know, after post flashback or fl flash cut to the talking head, you know, to yo. use the lingo, um, you know, we're back in the courtyard and, and Mark now is asked Anne if she's seen this documentary about food and, you know, clearly she hasn't. And uh, he, he asked her out on a date, which I, I think caught me off guard a little bit. You know, that occurred to me too. I mean, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how, you know, Brendanowitz has kind of gone back and forth in season one between, oh, he does seem to not be that guy anymore. And then he takes yep. a few steps back and we're like, oh man, what did you just do? Yep. And so you're not quite sure like what side of the line he's on. I got to say, it took me by surprise too when Mark asked Ann out. And yet I will say it seemed kind of innocent. It didn't seem really sleazy. And when she said, yeah, no, I agree. He just, just kind of gracefully accepted and goes, okay. He rolled you know. with it. Yeah. Well, and, and Leslie's made her position clear, you know, that there is nothing, rom <laughs> no romantic element. I love that again. Very. Yes. Very. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but, and yeah, he, he knows that they're friends. So, you know, this is kind of that uh, dicey territory. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, Anne, because she's friends with Leslie, you know, That's she right. doesn't want to keep secrets and i think we see a scene where she's finally eating like whatever's left of her lunch maybe a salad or i don't know that she's eating that with leslie and she tells leslie you know hey look mark asked me out i said no he's off limits your friendship's the most important thing to me and the camera kind of zooms in on leslie for a second you can see she's a little freaked out but she's not mad but just like she doesn't know how she feels about that and then she she, she says there's a lot of confusing feelings yeah yeah and eat the <laughs> oreo but she ends up hugging Anne, and and you know she wants Anne and her to create a little secret language too, by the way, which I love, just so they can talk, you know, in public, That's right. and not have people know. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah that that was good on Anne though that that she stayed loyal to leslie that was that yeah. was nice yeah she she it, she's been consistently loyal to leslie and, and here's another example yeah i think right after this scene now we are we're gonna we're gonna arrive at the bulge um leslie walks in and you know i think before she had already kind of said when someone uh in the scene earlier with ron where they said the bulge was a gay bar she'd already said all the nights i wasted there <laughs> So, forgot about that yeah yeah yep, we right. missed that so and here you know she she's just like again she can't believe it and tom's like yeah and that totally heterosexual cowboy who welcomed us in <laughs> great call i forgot about that too you're sure um i paid attention this week i, I don't care what they noted on the you. calendar <laughs> um yeah you know leslie arrives at the part with tom and uh and her intent from the very beginning is she's she wants to actually clear the record. She's going to tell him, yeah. you know, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was it was a stunt. It wasn't meant to be a political gesture. You know, um, she's greeted by the Eric Derek April Derek Ben trio. Yeah, and we need a name for that. <clears throat> um, the thruple. I, I mean, we've already kind of coined it for this episode. Ben Apric. I don't know. Ben, I I ben I. Uh, it's, it's not great <laughs> it's a good thing that we can edit this um that's right so so they're thrilled that she's there you know she's hugged she's given three free shots uh she she's dragged up on stage and screams and thunderous applause and you can yeah. her name is being chanted leslie leslie and she's she's finally swayed and you know you can tell her eyes are kind of sparkling at this yeah we've seen this before oh, yeah. you know and and so then she Do you remember the last time we saw it? I don't know if it's the last time, but I remember that you pointed out very, very wisely. So in episode one, yeah, it's in the pilot. Where it was yeah. where she pinky promised. She pinky promised. And you could and, see the glitter yeah. in her eyes and the maniacal grin when everybody started like applauding and she That's just right. ate it up, you know? She, she, she's eating it up and she's living for it here as well. Interesting. So she kind of finally says, okay, I just have one thing to say. Together, we can change Pawnee forever. Let's dance. And then, you know, the Black big drum. Pop, 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 poker face. And then a big, a big <laughs> drunken party ensues. And Tom mentions he's seen a lot of dudes from City Hall there. Yeah. But, you know, they've seen me here, too. So that's probably not good. Um, <laughs> Anne arrives, which I think this was kind of a wasted uh, opportunity for Rashida Jones is like you know Leslie wanted Anne to get there and they yeah. didn't really do anything with her so I don't know what the what the deal was there not much um, and, and I think the the circumstances uh, the, the dialogue you know, reveals that Leslie has lured her there by somehow saying it was a medical emergency <laughs> well, she wanted to get her there fast but yeah she, she needed her there fast for, to support her <laughs> uh, you know once once she realized the crowd had had had, had uh, won her over and I think that, you know, that the scene kind of wraps up with Leslie having a couple of um, drunken little monologues to the camera. Yes. You know, one is like, she's like, you know why tonight's fun? Because everybody's so gay and they know how to have fun. And the dancing is everybody just who they are and who they are is stone cold, stone cold gay. gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, I think one of the last things she says is, um, I I'm having such a nice time tonight. I've met interesting people. And yeah. there's two count them two bisexual yeah. guys here tonight and i got both their digits ha! and shows our hands to the camera yeah. uh, 
I love that uh, she she's so into it at that point. That's that's when actually she starts uh, she's DJing and she starts playing uh, Lady Gaga Poker Face, which oh, 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 which poker. is clearly still in her head. The next day, back at the Parks Department, she's at her desk. She's still singing it. Tom looks to camera and says, "All morning." Yeah, she's been doing that all <laughs> freaking morning, and um, you know, Ron Swanson comes in, coffee oh, yeah. mug in hand. Yeah. Had, did you have fun last night? And she's like, that's I right. had three drinks named after me. So that's pretty fun. Yep. Um, and, you know, she tells him just conversationally, I, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of like, you know, queen of the gays. Yeah. And Ron, in a very brief, uh, I miss Ron. I'm going to have yeah. more to say about this. Yeah. In a very brief moment that I love, Ron goes, bully for you. That's right. <laughs> Which I, I just got a phone call. They want you to go on Pawnee today. Yep. And like, well, what? Why? What's the topic? Well, who's the guest? Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marsha Langman uh, from that family thing. He says mm -hmm. that from that Marsha Langman from that, that family too. thing yep. <laughs> is calling for your resignation. You got to go on and, and, and defend yourself. And she's like, well, why? I haven't even taken a stand on a gay marriage. And he's like, well, that's funny. Somebody just told me you were the queen of the gays. And then Leslie, as if this was a revelation to her, kind, that was me. That was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, that's a great scene. It's funny to me that Ron is, I think, you know, you'll probably get to this, uh, I'm going to guess, but Ron, you know, hasn't had a huge role here, but he's been the bearer of bad news now several times. Yeah, First, there I, was I, a guy on fire at Ramsey Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Here is uh, this person who wants to talk to you about something bad you did. And now, you know, she's, she's really up to ante and she's going to call you out on uh, the television show, Pawnee Today. Yep. Yep. Not good. But, you know, he's kind of the show's antagonist. So, I mean, you kind of expect that from him a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So then I think we have this jump cut sequence of, uh, you know, kind of implying this history of events with Tom and Joan, where he has been <laughs> over time on the show. She, in fact, Leslie says, well, Tom's been on uh, Pawnee Today a, a ton of times. And uh, she and he and Joan really get along. And then we see this this jump cut sequence of just one flirtation and flattering moment after another that that's right that's right yeah they they arrive at the studio and and uh, which leslie calls uh pawnee today is what leslie calls the meet the press of of pawnee, of pawnee yeah and and yeah and, and leslie is telling the camera like you know oh tom's been here before and you know, like he really uh you know she comes on the show all the time and compliments her and like they even had a little scene where she runs up behind him like right there and and She's like, guess who? Tom's like, oh no, Megan Fox, one of the desperate housewives. <laughs> and she's just, you know, loving it the whole time. Do we have the clip of him? We do have a clip. This is a again, this is a sequence of events with Tom and Joan, and it goes a little something like this. Nice. Guess who? Uh, Megan Fox, one of the desperate housewives. <laughs> no, Joan Calamazzo. Hey, Joni, oh. what's up, gorgeous? Good to see you. Tom comes on the show all the time. Joan loves him. You have the softest skin of any woman in Pawnee. <laughs> Thank you. I wish you could reach from your TV screen and just touch Joan's skin for a second. Oh, that's You'd sweet. You're pretty soft yourself. How are you kidding? <laughs> they are pretty good. Is it tough for them to have a mother that is so beautiful? What's it like being the most attractive woman in Pawnee? You keep up those funnies. I'm going to have to invite you over for supper. Well, I'll have to come over for supper. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is I think she's got that nervous laugh, like, you know, she set something in motion here. Um, and one of the deleted scenes and I know there's a reference much later on that she, it, clearly Joan is married, 
but we don't know that here. But in one of the deleted scenes, um, her husband actually calls in on the talk show. Did you catch that? Oh, you know what? Yes. And I, I didn't listen to it closely enough. I didn't know if that was her husband or if it was. Like I guess it her, could be boyfriend. It, or, no, it's not a son. It's, it's clearly someone her age. And, and, you know, he's calling about something totally benign and she's just kind of like, oh, I'm on TV now. So um, but, it was yeah. where his glasses were. He, she kept saying, were. she kept saying, are they on your head? No. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. That's right. So right after that sequence with Tom and Joan and all the flattery, we're very briefly over at Anne's house for a moment. And, and like the last episode, we're going to be jumping back and forth, I think, principally between Pawnee today and Anne's house for here for a bit. Right. But they set up the fact that, you know, Andy shows up out of the blue uh, wearing this, you know, $3,000 suit he's about to tell her. And yep. at this point, he just says, hey, you know, I'm back in town. And uh, can we come in? Can I come inside and talk? Right, right. And yeah, not not a lot until they they. uh switch back to Pawnee today. I, I know that Ann does uh, ask him how mountain climbing was and he right. chuckles and goes, what? what? <laughs> he clearly doesn't even remember yeah. saying that, but no. you know, at this point, Andy seems- I fully believe he went to Kansas and could not find any mountains. Yeah, I, I think yeah. like maybe he went to the second story of the library or something and that was as close as he got. Um, but yeah, he, at this point, you know, we see as the audience, we see Andy, he, he appears to be kind of cool calm and collected yeah at, at least for him so we're like point, okay yeah. this is this is interesting so after that scene briefly at Ann's house we're back on stage Joan is uh you know we cut to Joan she's introducing Leslie and Marsha and uh asks Marsha you know um what's this complaint she has with Leslie all about right right and um you know Marsha points out that you know, Leslie is claiming she's not advocating for this gay cause, but she was apparently just, they were guests of honor at this uh, pro-gay marriage rally at the Bulge. Um, and Leslie's trying to insist, look, I just went there for fun. I wasn't trying to advocate anything. I, I didn't know the penguins were both male and I was yep. just trying to do something cute. And they was cute, damn it. And I Joan, love how at the beginning but, of that though, I think even before this, Joan has clearly, you know, heard, um, Marsha's kind of synopsis of what the problem is. And then she immediately calls Leslie out as having crossed the line. Like, you know, Leslie didn't even get to say two words. Oh yeah. 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 It like, she had clearly made up her mind. Like she yeah. just heard Marsha's thing and was like, okay, well, yep. you know, this, and that's so actually kind of a first too, if you want to, if you want to think about it that way, I think that's pretty much going to be the establishment of the relationship Leslie has with, uh, with Joan and Pawnee today through the end of the series like kind of antagonistic you mean very antagonistic kind hmm. of always taking the side against leslie never leslie's side you know what i i hadn't even thought about that until you yep. brought that up that's a great point i think you're right i, I think huh. i am too uh i like it when you're right me too it's a good thing it doesn't happen often now uh, she um oh, i know that's a cheap shot yep uh so I, I, joan says well you know clearly this was a stunt now marcia Yep. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What, if anything, can Ms. Yeah. Nope do to, to right this yeah. wrong? Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, Joan. She's brokering peace here, right? It's like, it's a, it's like Carter in the Middle East. She's magnificent. I, I, I can't believe she's not in politics. And Marsha says, you know, look, Joan, we don't want to be unreasonable. We think that she should separate the penguins, annul the marriage, reimburse the taxpayers for the cost of the wedding, and then uh, resign. 
Yeah. And Leslie is starting to get a little fired up. And she's like, oh, is, is, is that is all? That you, all? Uh, that's the, you want me to jump off the building, perform Harry Carey? And I love this very, oh, yeah. very brief little two-second comedy from Marsha. She jumps right in when Leslie's like, do you want me to jump off a building, perform Harry Carey? Uh, move to a different town? Uh, no, a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, she clearly you know, thought it out. And, and Leslie she ain't having it she's like she said look this is the reason why people don't go into politics i bust my ass for the people in the city i can't win i have one night of fun with some of the best dancers, dancers. i've ever danced with and suddenly everyone's freaking out and then i think they start having people call into the show and i know they had a lot of interesting and somewhat funny deleted scenes with more people calling in as oh, well yeah. but yeah in the deleted scenes there's actually a, a clip that is just one after another after another it runs about two minutes and 15 seconds and, and it's got to be at least 10 different calls which which is pretty funny but yeah no th at this point they just kept a couple of them here in this segment and uh you know <laughs> the first guy says something like i think leslie should resign and then the second guy is like i i think he she should pay pay the taxpayers back and resign. Mm -hmm. So that's yep. two for resign. And then yep. the sweet little girl calls in and yep. says, you know, I, I, I love the zoo and thank you. Aww. And I think she should resign. Let's go. <laughs> she, she got <laughs> snookered in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, th there's a, a small little sub theme that I really like in the, and I noted this even more in the deleted scenes is people would call in about something really embarrassing, like for example, oh. well, if, if you're gonna let, let them do this, you want me to, to I, you know, you can let me marry my guinea pig because I kind of want to marry my guinea pig. Yeah. Uh, I'll take my answer off air. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard like three or four of them say that. I'm like, that's oh, yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I think every single one of those in that sequence in the deleted scenes is the same guy though, which I think, yeah, I think you know, you're right. if they'd had the the stones to play that whole sequence, you know, it's a bit much, <laughs> but it would have been even funnier had every single one of them really been the same person. That just, I don't know. Oh yeah. Left. Yeah. I, I agree. That would, that would have been really funny. Um, so I think I, after this, we're now back at Ann's house mm -hmm. and, and, you know, Ann tells Andy he looks really nice. And he says, yeah, they, I, I'm, I'm dressed up. I've got a, kind of a boring corporate job. I bought this $3,000 suit. <laughs> and uh, and the other thing that Andy does that's really funny is he's adopted this really formal uh, approach to speech. Did you notice uh -huh. this? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. He, um, <laughs> I mean, the first thing that I noticed is that, uh, you know, I, I, I got this monkey suit. You know, it's yeah. part of the gig, you know, yeah, that's right. and, and cakes. And, and I got this boring office job in town, you know, but I'm really happy. And I, I feel that I matured a lot. I know that's like the first, third time I've said that, but it cracks me up, yeah. you know. And she kind of looks at him a little like sideways, like, okay, that's weird that you just yeah. said that thing. Um, and then I was like, look, you know, I, it was just, I was sitting in my cubicle and just reflecting and, and growing. And, and, <laughs> and it occurs to me, gosh darn it i miss you you know I, I i love you and i'm really sorry about the way i treated you you know i was the worst boyfriend ever and pause so at this point i know it's a little goofy i'm a little impressed yeah. we've never had this before from andy no he's so put I, some effort into this for sure so he's, he's planned this out <laughs> he's definitely put effort into it. so unpause um you know i was the worst boyfriend ever right but i still love you and it, i think it would <laughs> i think it would behoove them Alan, I think it would yes. behoove them to give it another yeah. shot. And, and this is actually one of my favorite 
little quick comebacks because of what you just said and says yeah look um i'm really happy for you about your job yeah that you've learned some new words Words. (laughs) but i'm sure about my decision um and i i think at that point the audio is him saying well you know no problem i gotta get back to the office you know call myself you want some coffee the video yeah while that's playing yeah we're watching him leave yep and and the camera's kind of following him as he's walking away and he takes off his jacket and you think well maybe you're going to a car or something nope yeah right you don't want to wear that jacket thing. in your car no no that you never do that um and then you know they zoom in on him and he like kind yeah. of tries to shimmy into his tent so that the camera won't see him I, I love the spy shot then we see the pit we see andy's taking off all of his clothes he sees the camera, see him, and he basically dives into the pup tent and uh, in his underwear. And then we get a couple of great talking heads from Andy. I think one right after another. Uh, the first one, he talks about how hard it is in the pit, you know, because, you know, the rats and basically, well, he says, the first thing he says is that the hardest thing about living in the pit is keeping his suit pressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah. rats, because there's basically a rat parade every night. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's the suit being pressed that really yeah, keeps. Yeah, that's the hard part. Yeah, yeah that yeah. definitely. Yeah. And then the second talking head is the one that led to my AKA, which you know, where he mentions the fact that the the raw carrots are clearly making him throw up the raw chicken. <laughs> well, which I I thought was a really funny moment because he's like kind of giggling, like you know, I don't know, I don't. People say that you know, I think the carrots went bad. Um, yeah. One thing that he said after, uh, you know, it's like a freaking rat parade around here. He's explaining to the camera, look, I just want to be close to Anne's house because I need to protect her. That's right. Because there are some weird people that live around here. I I love that because the visual that goes with the line, it's that wide shot of Andy standing in the pit in the dirty Hanes t-shirt. So after that scene, we're back at the studio. Leslie and Marsha and Joan have continued their conversation, you know, with these callers who are overwhelmingly against Leslie and uh, want her to resign. And, and, you know, Leslie is now yelling in defense of herself and clearly making Joan very uncomfortable, which was just so fun to watch. (laughs) Yeah. At at this point, Leslie is like adamant and fired up. Like she's, she's ready to fight now. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, look, attendance at the zoo is up 30 percent and i don't care what the hell you say the wing the penguin wedding was cute damn it and, yep. and i'm not gonna annul it and you know march is like oh i think you should reconsider she's like i think you should stop asking me because i'm not gonna do it you know i didn't murder anyone i didn't have an affair i didn't do drugs but i apologize for having fun and making something cute yep so so you're so you're not gonna be annulling no no i will not be annulling no <laughs> Let me say that one more time so you understand it. No. <laughs> then from there, we're, we're with Leslie. We're back at the zoo. Kind of, uh, there's a little bit of a, a secondary scene at the zoo. Uh, we see the graffiti on the wall that you mentioned earlier. You know, uh, Flipper and Eve, not Flipper and Steve. And then, then I think um, we're we're back on the porch at at Anne's house. Leslie's ringing the doorbell. She's had this epiphany that we're, we're basically all animals and we don't know anything about love. And she's encouraging Mark uh, and she's encouraging Ann to go ahead and go on this date with Mark. And, and I yeah. love her reasoning. Yeah, yeah. Well, well summarized. I think that her, you know, like you said, her speech to Ann starts a little shaky. Like, you know, 
and I just realized we're all animals. We don't know anything about love. And Anne's like, uh, okay, <laughs> whatever you say, crazy. Have you been lady. drinking again? And Anne is ready to side with her. Anne's ready to back yeah. her up. She's like, look, I told you, I'm not going to go on a date with them. And you know, like you said, Leslie's like, look, if you don't want to do it because you don't want to do it, that's fine. But don't yep. do it because of me. All that's important is that we're friends. You know. Yep. Um, I love how she said, uh, you know, look, Mark is not my gay penguin, but he may be yours. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's poetry there, buddy. It really is. And then uh, and then, you know, they, they hug and have a nice Anne Leslie moment. And yes. then, you know, she walks away going, plus, I already called him and told him that you're dying to go out with him. So have fun. Bye. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then probably the other really, really funny part of the, the book end of this episode is now we're in the kicker. Uh, Leslie's in the we're in the car with Leslie and uh, tell us what happens yeah th this I love this uh, you know Leslie's uh, the camera first of all I thought the shot was interesting because you you figure this documentary crew is following them along so whoever the heck is filming this is apparently in the passenger seat of the car yeah, with they're, her they're scrunched she's, up hard against the side of the car filming Leslie right. she, she's driving yeah and she's she's kind of talking to the camera I mean she's driving responsibly I guess but you know, she's talking to the camera and saying, well, look, I, I transferred the penguins to a zoo in Iowa. Gay marriage is legal there. Uh, hopefully they'll be happy. I mean, at least they'll be together. And she grabs a spray bottle and you're like, what, <laughs> what, what are you doing? And she kind of reaches around the seat and sprays and the camera turns back there. I love this. I love this oh, to God. death. The penguins are in baby seats. Yeah. It's like they're twin just baby seats. Yeah, they're just yeah. chilling, you know, buckled like, in safely. Look, yeah, airbags can be deadly to, to penguins. Um, <laughs> and uh, so then I, I think the only other thing that happened is she's driving along and she's like, Oh, look, six flags. I should take them on a water slide. Yeah, they might die, they might but die. it would be so cute. <laughs> and then fade to black. Yeah, yep. no, that was great. All right, well, that was a great rundown of the episode. I think we're going to take another break right now. And when we come back, we're going to score this sucker and we'll be done today. All right. Sounds good. All right. Be right back. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. Today, I have been recompensed to tell you about Kirsten's rubber nipples. Set on the site of the former Kirsten's vulcanized rubber tire factory, which is a much better business to align oneself with. The Kirstens are the second largest supplier of rubber baby bottle nipples in the Midwest, nay, the entire United States of America. I have never personally partaken, having been nursed directly from the family goat via a length of 10-gauge plastic siphoning hose. However, I hear they are adequate should your small human require them. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, welcome back. All right, Mark, I think we agreed that we're going to wrap this thing up and give a, give our scores and yeah. then uh, go home. I love it. All right, you want to go first tonight? Even better. I'll go first. Sounds good. All right. I like the way I said it. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, I, I think about how I scored uh, last week, the season one finale, and I like looking at these episodes now with a, a two yardsticks. It used to be that I was just doing it based on like, well, how much did I laugh? And I realized, you know what? As the show becomes more sophisticated, I don't think that's really fair. So I have one that's kind of for the, the you know, the pure funny. And then the other one, I guess, for 
call it what you want plot heart satisfying moments you know yep. story etc um i i definitely enjoyed this episode um i think it had some great comedy moments i love love the fresh prince cold open oh, um yeah. Totally had some great heart, some great heart moments, uh, you know, and Leslie bonding. I like, uh, I love Leslie telling Marsha to go honk Herman uh, yeah. at, at the talk show. Um, and it had a decent story. You know, they're starting to focus on uh, plot points beyond the pit, which is probably a good thing. Um, yeah. no, for the most part, I was, I was satisfied. You know, I thought that this was a good opening gambit for season two. And yet, I think there were a couple downsides, at least for me. So first, I'm so glad you asked. Um, I, I think I've been feeling a lack of Ron Swanson ever since episode five. You know, in, in episode four, uh, yeah. he had that great moment uh, telling off the disciplinary committee yeah, that I true. referred to at the time as the Darth Vader syndrome. Yep. I told you I'm going to try to remember that. the episode as much as possible. Um, <laughs> and I think both you and I, Alan, when, when we saw that, uh, we saw maybe that was perhaps a glimpse of the Ron that we know and love to come. Um, and I was looking forward to some more scenes like that. And then, meh, you know, he's kind of been absent for episodes five, six, and, and really this one too. Yeah. Um, I miss it. You know, what can I say? My Ron meter is low right now. Yeah, um, that's a good point. At, at, on a similar note, I kind of feel like this episode was too much on Leslie. You know, I, I love me some Amy Poehler. I, I feel like the show is at its best when it can leverage the rest of its very deep comedic bench. And that's I don't true. feel like they really, they really did that too well in this episode, not as well as they could have, you know? That's fair. Um, second, I, I don't know if it's just me. Um, maybe I've been spoiled by by knowing what will happen because I've seen all the episodes at this point, but I just can't seem to get excited about Ann and Mark. And, mm. you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that maybe it's because Rashida Jones and Paul Schneider, they both typically play straight men in the show. So pairing them together, eh, maybe not the most exciting thing. Um, That's a good point. You know, and, and I feel bad. I want to say this too. I know I've I've kind of bashed on on Paul Schneider. You know, uh, uh, and, and I didn't mean to. Well, you haven't uh, bashed on Paul. You've bashed on Mark. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Paul, if you're listening, buddy, I I, that's I, right. I think you're a good actor. But, Sending but, you love. But Brendan, it's holy crap. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know. So I don't know that I don't know if that pairing is the best pairing. You know. Um, so anyway. So for my score, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a 3.5 for a base score, but I'm going to give it some bonuses. I'm going to, I know that's surprising. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it half a point for gay penguin marriage because come on. Yeah. We don't so nearly, cute. we don't nearly have enough of that. We really don't. And I'm going to give it another half a point for the introduction of Pawnee today and Joan Calamezzo. I really like that aspect of the show. Yeah. Um, so you have three and a half plus half plus half. That gives us four and a half little Sebastians. I, I feel like that's respectable. It's it's a little bit less than uh, the last few shows in season one, but not bad. Not bad. Yep. Okay. All right. You well. All right. No, I, I understand your score and it makes sense. And if I recall on for season one finale, we both scored five little Sebastians. Is that right? No, uh, I scored it. Uh, yeah, th this is why I'm here. I'm the historian. Yep. I, I scored it five and a half. That uh, was my all time high. And I think for correct. you, you also scored it an all time yeah, high. You a did six. a six. I did give it a six. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and I think it's good to remember that because I, I think it helps, you know, if you had to compare the 
season finale, which was clearly the best of the season so far and the best of the series so far against this opener of season two, uh, which I think in lots of ways, you know, you feel the momentum picking up, but there's a noticeable step backwards, I think, and it probably is a little bit the Mark and storyline. Um, maybe some missed opportunities. Um, I was really happy to see Retta and, and the Donna character, you know, have a little bit of screen time. Um, Agreed. Maybe stolen from Jerry here, though, because not a lot of screen time for him. Right. Um, you know, he had a pretty funny deleted scene, which I didn't think was actually in character for him. So I actually thought it was smart to delete that scene mm, it made him a little too with it and too hip um part of the part of the crew making fun of leslie which they almost never ever do again so right. i i thought pulling that out actually did make a lot of sense um you know overall i, I really liked the episode um i like that the pit is still a central character but it's been de-emphasized um it's going to continue to be here for a bit and eventually won't be much of a character the lot becomes kind of the character over time but um you know it's it's ever present through the rest of the series i just kind of give away that spoiler but um but you know the how they're using it now for this covert place for andy to live is pretty funny and his sequences were very funny <laughs> they were uh, they were really good um just some great talking heads lots of great talking heads in this scene and this uh, episode in general actually um and, and some really creative spy shots and so i don't know i i, I think i'm going to do something a little bit unusual and i think i'm going to give it a little bit of a bump on on top of your score um I, i'm going to give this one five little sebastians i i do think it was a step backwards but um i, I think it was still a pretty good episode well you know what that's that's respectable and, and i like your reasoning too um I, I think that i had mentioned this previously but i tend to trend believe it or not a little bit down from your score in general so this is okay. you know and and, and we can uh, confirm to our viewing audience um that that you and i did not confer prior to this as far as what no. our scores were so no. this was a surprise to both of us what we were going to score it yeah no that's good and, and we should probably keep it that way because you know uh you know i'm just going to steal your ideas otherwise <laughs> I let's just be honest about it yup yeah i'm a busy guy i don't have you know i'm just gonna let you do the work and then i'll just take credit ah uh, i knew that's how it's gonna work all right <laughs> well good not a bad right. episode no, it was a good episode. And we'll be back next week. And next week, we're going to be reviewing The Stakeout. The Stakeout. Yeah. Uh, there, there, I won't give away any spoilers, but I, did, I, did, I do like this episode. <laughs> All right. Pressure's on now. I know it. All right. See, see I'm going to love it if you come back next week after having yeah. said that and give it like yeah. a one. I'm going to give it like a two. <laughs> All right. I want to remind everybody to go hit the website livefrompawnee.com. There's yep. a place on there where you can ask questions or at least ask us to address things on the show. And we will be diligent and good stewards of your question and do our best to answer those. And if we can't find the answers, then we'll do what we always do and make up the answers. Right. Does that right. sound fair? That sounds really fair. All right. I like it. And you can also check us out on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. That's social media, right? That is social media. Good job, Mark. Excellent. Yeah, just like the series, you're coming along. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a great week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. All right, guys. Can't wait. Bye. Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. 
clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.